You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, March 8th, 2023, and I'm your good buddy, Joe O'Brien. And I am Troy. I was just writing something, and what show is this again? La Valley. <laughs> and what show is All With Ashes? All With Ashes in between. <laughs> I was finishing an email, and I don't remember what day it is. As we were trying to get silence before this show began, we try to get some room tones so that we can, you know, do good... Uh, Manipulation of the audio so that it sounds good when we put it out. All I heard is a thousand children screaming in the background of, of your house. Can you get your shit together? It's been a week. Isn't it over? Aren't you lot, fine now? There's a lot of kids here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I feel like I'm slowly crawling back to life, you know, slowly adjusting to the new normal. Um, you know, but it's tricky because Sam is still recovering. So I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot more than I, I normally do and uh, just making sure that I'm like, up and taking care of the boys because she'll just do it if I'm like doing something else and I don't want her to do that. So, uh, it's, it's, it's been a little crazy, but I'm, I'm like Jones and for work too. So I've been sneaking in work here and there. And even yeah. last week when I wasn't like taking meetings, I'm just like reading voraciously, uh, stuff and just trying to get in the zone. So I'm like really excited to get back to work. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not fully back. <laughs> no, you're not. But you're, you are back more than I expected. And that's great because we got a lot going on. We got a lot of news to discuss today. Yeah. We have some we are stupid. Uh, <laughs> in fact, we have some non rules. We are stupid, too, which is really fun. Uh, I always love pointing out dumb things that I say on air. Um, it is. <laughs> but uh, but network. Network news, uh, topping right out of the gate. Let's let's get a studio update quick, which is a.k.a. the Gatewalkers update. Very exciting. I mean, yep. there really isn't much to say. We're kind of in that boring range of the studio is ours. Everything's done and done. And now it's, um, you know, we're dealing with HVAC contractors and such. Uh, it's kind of boring uh, to discuss for radio. But we're talking about lighting, rigging, cameras, HVAC, curtains, carpeting, like all that kind of shit is where we're at now. And we have to get this stuff squared away because we expect uh, what we're outputting to our contractors and to uh, our cast is that we're going to be recording at the end of this month. Right. I mean, that's sort of where we're at. Yeah. End of this month or beginning of next month, we'll certainly be recording these, uh, these video, more of these like videos like you and I did when we were looking for studio spaces. I have some fun ideas. I don't know if we've talked about them yet here, but they're session zero in nature, but they're very unlike stuff that we've done before. So we'll be recording those this month. And then, uh, yeah, certainly by the beginning of next month, I think we'll be rocking and rolling with Gatewalkers. We have a, a, a new employee that we just hired and then another new employee that is like almost hired that we're very excited about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this is, it's kind of all systems go in many ways. I feel more prepared than I've ever been prepared uh, to run this adventure, um, which, uh, which I'm excited about. Like I've never, I've never felt so confident in, uh, in at least the, the, uh, the story and, and the story that I, I hope to tell. Um, 
So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get in there, but like where I've been out of it the last couple of weeks, you've been the one dealing with all this shit. I mean, you'd be dealing with it anyways, cause that's just what you do. Like going back and forth to the city, getting these contractors, signing the lease and all this shit. So I feel like totally out of the loop. I'm excited to like finally be able to get into the city, get back into that space now that it's ours and start, uh, you know, kind of creating, uh, this, you know, this, this project, the way I've always envisioned it. Cause even though GCP 2.0, the, the, the one that we talked about last year is, is being, uh, put off for a little bit longer. All of the creative ideas, uh, for the, the visual and, and audio and, and, uh, you know, all those other, other creative aspects of the show, those are being implemented with Gatewalker. So I'm excited to finally get this vision out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to you being in the studio with me to start figuring this shit out, you know, because yeah. it's just like I'm I'm alone out there like with these contractors and it's just like we need a team effort here to to get this vision up and running and hopefully that that's coming together within the next couple of weeks, which I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Um we are meeting internally, informally with the cast this week to really kind of iron out once and for all ca uh, classes and stuff like that, because people have been wavering. They've been like between for 13 things. I'm when I say people, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> and it's been tough to nail things down. But uh, we're going to finally once and for all get together and say, all right, here's what the roles are going to be. Here's what the party is going to be. And that's going to happen this week. So very much looking forward to that. Yeah, it's like a um, session negative one. So we're not recording it. It's like going to be honestly about 20 minutes long. We're yeah. just going to – I have some information I'm going to give you guys to think about um, as you build these characters because I think some people have already like thought too far and I want to like rein that in. Let's take a step back. Let's, let's really – don't start thinking about who this person is just yet because you don't know – what I know. And so I want to impart that information so then people can go back uh, now knowing their class and start to figure out who is this person and where are they from. Um, but I don't even want to know ancestries and shit. It's just like, let's just pick classes. All right, yeah. now we can go to work. Yeah, that's why, you know, I know you and I was like, I don't want to go too far down this road of deciding what I want to be and who my character is. I don't even care about class and, and feet abil uh, builds. I'm talking about like the, the essence of the character, who they are and what why they're here or going on this adventure. I didn't want to go too far down that road because until the GM really tells you what the setting is and what you should be expecting, you, you don't want to get too far uh, be, before you make a character that's not going to be relevant. And I don't yeah. mean build-wise. I mean narratively relevant. You know, So you want to make, make sure uh, – I just started – dipping into that player's guide and I'm like, whoa, okay, this is just not what I was expecting. It yeah. really throws you for a loop right away. And, and what's what's interesting is you really can be anything. Unlike Giant Slayer where you all had to be people that uh, lived in and around True Now, you can be from anywhere on Galarian. You don't know any of these other people. You know, you, you will by the beginning of the adventure, you'll have spent some time with them. Uh, but you can be from anywhere on Galarian. Uh, yeah. Because what this event that sort of this inciting event that kicks off the mystery of the adventure uh, is something that happened all over the world. And so that's that's going to be a very unique change for us because we almost always have started adventures with people kind of knowing each other or kind yeah. of or like in a small town. Right. Or <laughs> a horrifying asylum, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> a shared nightmare or a shared nightmare. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the first things I picked up was like, oh, I could be from anywhere, which is also terrifying. It, it, it opens up too many <laughs> options. But yeah, excited to dig into that. We'll have more news on these employees Troy's talking about soon, which we'll be really excited to share with you guys on the FOD. Um, 
Uh, also wanted to mention, I forgot to mention it right out of the gate when I said it's Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. Hey, happy International Women's Day. It is Women's Day today, and we are uh, very grateful and very lucky to have the wonderful women that we have in the as part of the Glass Cannon Network, Sydney, Kate, Mary Lou, Paula, Joe. You know the Alicia. whole month's dedicated to it, right? It's Nora. a day. Well, I think, the, I think this is the is day, month. but I think they, they can dedicate it the you, whole month. You're just like, day. a day is enough is what you're a saying. A day is enough, I think. That's a little crass, Joe. We have, a, we have at least seven female listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's International Women's Month. Uh, exciting. Well, wait. This is the day, though. It, there, there is a day. And you there's could day, be right. There's but a day I, when I you like kind to of cel- like – Frankly, I celebrate it 365 days a year, um, but it is the entire month is Women's History Month. Uh, well, maybe it's Women's History Month, but this is the day where women are. Uh, I think that there's there's a lot of parades and stuff like that. People, you know, uh, women take off of work if certain companies allow it, and they go and they they celebrate women. So anyway, uh, happy happy International Women's Day and happy International or wait Women's History Month. Did you send um, your mom some flowers? Uh, no, but I did text my mom and invite her to come and visit me this weekend, which. Is uh, she loves that? That's her favorite thing. Thank you, mom, for allowing my giant head to come out of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, <laughs> and I apologize. <laughs> apologize for that incident. <laughs> um, what else do we got? Uh, there's some merch coming. Is there? Uh, well, is we there... dropped some new merch last uh, or two weeks ago. The chicken poon. The chick poon. The chicken That's poon. right. And then we have a new gaming accessory. We have a uh, – uh, I don't even know if this has been up yet. It's been counted into the store. It's ready to launch if it hasn't launched already. Uh, dice trays. We've got new dice trays that are those those ones that we used to love to like take to conventions or take to your buddy's place. Uh, they're the ones that are foldable that you click in that's got our logo on it. Um, they're fantastic. So uh, I'm excited to get those in. We want to have more gaming accessories. But now we're already in like Gen Con mode thinking about all the new drops that we're going to do for Gen Con and uh, as well as the tour, which is coming up as well. Speaking of the tour. Speaking of the tour. <laughs> we should have some on sales happening very, very soon. I know I've said that past couple of months, but like now we're starting to circle uh, the drain on needing to get these up because we want to hit the road again in April. Uh, I figured my, my, my new baby is old enough. I can leave the house. I, you, if, Sam, you're fine with these three. Um, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I need, daddy needs to drink. No, but I, uh, uh, we've been, you know, the plan was to open the tour in Canada and, uh, not surprisingly, it's really fucking hard to do this. Um, so we've have to, we have to regroup on Canada. We've just have not been able to find, uh, venues that fit us. And also we feel like something's going on in Canada because like sometimes we've had conversations that have moved forward and then we just get ghosted by venues that have been perfect. Um, so basically it's Canada's fault is what, um, uh, what I'm saying, but no, we're, we're going to have to put off Canada for a little while. Hopefully we can still get there this year. That was the plan. Like when we made the announcement. The plan was we we're going to do everything we got to get to Canada. Well, we've been working on it for five months and it has been uh, brutal. And now we're at the point where if we want to travel next month, we have to get these tickets on sale. And if the venues aren't going to play ball with us, we've got to, we've got to pivot to other cities um, because we need time for these tickets to to sell, to sell so that we can get sellouts. You can't put tickets on sale two weeks for, before an event and expect a sellout. They need time. And also we need all that extra time to do all the fucking legwork involved with doing business internationally. And we couldn't do that until the contracts were signed and we can't get venues to, to, 
to play ball with us. So we have some exciting things happening that I think are going to help us uh, put us in a better position to negotiate with these Canadian venues. But right now we've got to move on because I want to get out there in April. I'm hungry for it. And also like, dude, Strange Aeons on Thursday nights is going to be stopping once Gatewalkers starts. Gatewalkers is going to be the Thursday night show. Um, so I don't want there to be a, a lag in Strange Aeons content because we're getting to the, the juicy post Dreamland quest jobs. Well, I am devastated and I'm angry. At you personally for not mm-hmm. working hard enough to get us into Canada. Um, I there's really, one thing about really, me really, really you wanted know. to go to Canada. It said I don't work hard. I've never been to Toronto. I've never been to Vancouver. I really wanted to go, yeah. and so I'm I'm incredibly bummed. Uh, but that just means we have to find another way to get there this year somehow. It sucks, uh, it man. It shouldn't be that big of a deal. Th- though I do somewhat understand it because, like, in the grand scheme of touring. Uh, you know, you think rock touring, we're a, you know, relatively small act. Like it has to be a specific kind of venue to fit our kind of crowd and, uh, and for it to be profitable. And so it's just very like, there's, it's not like we have uh, a dozen venues available in each city. And it's like, hmm, which one do we feel like? It's like, usually there's only one. And if they're not available, it's just, we have to go at another time. So yeah. hopefully we can just figure it out for another time. And we were ready to take a hit. Like we knew this was going to be a financial hit, but we wanted to do it as a, as a marketing expense, as a chance to finally get some FaceTime with these Canadian fans who maybe have not been able to travel to the States for our shows. Um, and so we do still hope to do it. But I just uh, – in the last couple of days as I've been gearing back into work, I was like, I got to make a decision here. I slept on it. I woke up. I said, all right, let's pivot to these cities instead. And so now we're – honestly, by the end of today, I could have uh, contracts in hand for two new venues here in America, the land of the free. <laughs> Unlike Canada. <laughs> Unlike Canada. Unlike cam- communist Canada. Um, Glass Cannon Labs returns this week. Dude, I'm so pumped. Tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Tune into twitch.tv slash the glass cannon at 2 p.m. Eastern time, please, and hang out with us while we start spooling up an alien game. It's going to be so amazing. Alien RPG returns. Amazing cast. It's going to be Skid playing Matthew, Alicia Marie, and Mary Lou. This group has never played together before, and uh, I'm so incredibly pumped. We have some starter ideas for what this is going to be like, and I can tell you it's very unlike our initial Alien run, uh, and it's not going to be quite like anything we've done uh, in terms of our sci-fi on the network. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you can expect kind of a session zero-y kind of vibe, character creation, and getting the adventure kicked off. But we've already made some decisions that set this in a very different kind of way that I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing with everybody. So tune in tomorrow for uh, Alien on Glass Cannon Labs. And I think that's it. I think I'm ready to rock into We Are Stupid for Glass Cannon podcast episodes, or uh, Strange Aeons episode 65. Um, Sweet. Yeah. The... Uh, there was one math thing that came up. Uh, this is a minor thing. Professor Eric, he points these out. He says, hey, mention them on FOD or don't. I, I, I like to point out every little nitpicky thing I can. Uh, he thinks that Matthew is overdoing his damage a little bit. He says Ethel's minimum damage on the critical hatchet, uh, two on the die, equally 16 on a crit, implies a static plus six bonus. I'd expect a plus four from strength. So where is he getting the other pre-doubled plus two? Where are those points coming from? Where My indeed. guess, Matthew looks at his die. The total comes to 12. He does the math wrong on the fly, just says 16. 
cheats. That's my that's my guess. Here's my know. guess. Uh, Buff was put on his character seven episodes ago, and he never removed it. It gave him a plus two strength. <laughs> He's been playing with it for seven episodes. We've all done that. Um, but I would put that uh, – we need like a checklist of things pre-session. Take a look at your buffs. We used to say that all the time. Like, take a look at your buffs. Take a look right. at your, your conditions. Duh, duh, duh. Um, but sometimes we have such long time between sessions we forget. But uh, yeah, he's not going to listen to this. So make sure you mention it. Oh, you send all these notes to them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I send Eric's notes around so everybody send can Send that note that benefit. you're not going to mention to the person uh, on, online, to the person that uh, is. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. There's a note here that we're not going to talk about, but we are going to send it to that person. So they I can... already did. I already okay. did. Yeah, that was the first one I sent out. Just to make um, them feel bad. <laughs> just to make them feel bad. Okay, uh, let's see. Um, <sighs> all right, so this is not a rules correction. Nothing was done wrong, but I love when Professor Eric brings up these rules tidbits. He's like, you may forget this in other situations. And he's absolutely right, uh, because I would not know that in this one. So there was uh, one of those hounds, one of those shadow dogs, whatever they were, was prone, got knocked prone by uh, Ethel's crit. When it went to get up, it provokes an attack of opportunity because it is a movement action and Ethel has AOOs. And so Ethel swung away. An important distinction in 2E, I don't know if this was like this in 1E, I don't remember, I don't think it was. If you use a move action, but you don't move out of a square, the triggering action happens at the end of... I'm sorry, the tr- the uh, reaction happens at the end of the triggering action, which means if you are prone and you get up and you provoke, you provoke against your full AC, not your, your prone The prone AC. condition goes away. First. Then you get to roll your AOO. Then the AOO gets to be rolled. And for prone, you're flat-footed and take a minus two penalty to attack rolls. Um, and then you can only crawl or stand, but prone goes away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotcha. So prone goes away, and then the reaction triggers. This is core rule book, page four seventy four. Thank you, Eric, for that uh, note. So uh, he mentions that the the hound was flat footed for an additional reason. I think the flensing strike already made the hound flat footed for a full round. So it don't it didn't factor in here. But uh, Eric was just saying with a hammer crit spec fighter, you're most likely going to encounter this again. So uh, right. just be aware. So- <laughs> We were right for the wrong reasons. Uh, we were – yeah. He said, I think you accidentally got this right. Yeah. <laughs> which, we're the best at that. Yeah, which happens all the time. Uh, OK. This is a really fun one. Man, do I want to just grill Sydney right now. So this is tough. This is tough. This is where I always come across as the bad guy. And it's going to be like, oh, Joe doesn't like anyone to have fun. But then it's the same people that are like, they need to play by the rules. Look, you can't argue against Joe both ways. All right. Make your decision. Sydney's animal companion. Now, I started poking away at her uh, during episode 65 when she says Pepsi, you know, just like she throws Pepsi into the square next to her. And and then Pepsi has two actions. And I'm going cross-eyed over here a little bit. And I'm like, what is this ability? Like, what is this thing <laughs> that you have? Uh, and it is nitpicky. I'm not I know it's nitpicky, but look, here's here's my thing. My thing is I would rather everyone, and not just me, but everyone know the correct rule and then decide to break it for our yeah. game. I have no problem breaking these rules. I would just – I'd think that they're happening out of ignorance. And that rule is like – I. so what I said was, is Pepsi an animal companion? I still wasn't clear on this. Was Is Pepsi a familiar 
or an animal companion. And Pepsi is a straight up animal companion. Uh, this is like me shitting on Sydney behind the scenes, which is amazing. Like, I'm just telling you this. It's like I'm tattling on her at school or something when she's not when she's not in to the teacher. But basically, this is important to dis- to, to distinguish. I'm sure if I just talked to Sydney about this, she'd get it. Like an animal companion is you you can you can't just carry an animal companion around like raw. An animal companion is a token. It's on the board. It it, it carries its own space. It is a small creature. The reason is because. Um, you know, this isn't a, a, a water moccasin. Isn't that a snake? A kind of snake? Like, this isn't a small, slithery snake that wraps around your hand. This is a boa constrictor. Like, it is a massive, <laughs> massive snake. It is a small size creature, but small size. A hobbit is a small size creature. A halfling is a small size creature. So, it is you a can't sig- ride on her person. <laughs> right, exactly. Or if she did, we have to just have this image in our mind of Suki as like. A David Letterman like like circus snake handler, or some creep gi- walking down the Venice boardwalk. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> with it, just a giant snake wrapped around her head, around her arms, around her waist, because it's huge. And where does the snake go when she turns into a dinosaur? It's it just there. disappears it's into thin air. Like, dude, this snake is another Barry Connick Jr. It so would be, be as be if on I said combat times. started with Barry in my backpack. And not subject to being attacked until I decided to just toss him down on the ground. <laughs> this is why I felt like I was going nuts during that session. And I was like, look, if this is a narrative choice, that's fine. But like, we need to explain here that this is not a tiny little snake that you're throwing out. This is a, a small creature. Um, it needs so, to be a yeah. piece on the board at all times. Yes, it should be a piece on the board at all times, technically speaking. But you can rule whatever you want. And Sydney, you if, if you and Sydney can come whatever w- agreement you want to, and I don't really care. I'm ruling uh, it as a piece on the board that I'm now going to kill. <laughs> it's so funny because Eric points that out too. He's like, I know the animal companion history on the Glass Cannon Network is pretty brutal. So maybe this animal companion could use a little buff <laughs> to balance things out. <laughs> I'm cutting the head off that snake. <laughs> It's going to be just flailing around on the ground, headless. <laughs> oh, poor Sid. I'm going to have to talk to her about it. Maybe it's a D&D carryover because I think she's played more 5e than 2e. Maybe not at this point, but I think in, 2E, in 5e it's kind of like, eh. I mean, look, I, I can I can easily come to Sydney's defense here. If you bring up the rules on the snake, uh, the snake animal companion, it literally just says snake. It doesn't, you know, in the, in the title. It, it says snake animal companion. Excuse me. It, it's just called a snake. Yeah. Um, you got to read, you know, you got to read into it to see that it is a constrictor snake, such as a boa or a python. So she might have seen snake and just thought like little snake and it's small. So small, but like right, right. small still covers all manner of creatures. <laughs> right. The gnomes are small, you know, and the, yeah. so they have to hold a space. It's a small snake. <laughs> right. It's a small, it's a small, not relative to snakes. It's small relative to humans, but not relative to snakes. So, right. okay. um, cool. yeah, so there you go. Um, evil damage for the Yeth Hound, the Yeth Hound yeah. biting Suki would only affect good aligned creatures. You know what? I read that pre-session what? and it went in one ear and out the other. I thought that evil damage was really only mentioned for the purposes of resistances or weaknesses, but that it always did regular damage to, you know, any creature, but it could do more or less depending on your resistances or weaknesses. 
I didn't know that it doesn't do damage to good creatures. That's I'm, great. I'm sorry. Doesn't do damage to evil and neutral creatures. That's great to know now because it's like if I say, all right, seven points of damage and two points of evil. If you're not good, you don't take that. If you're, if you're not good, you don't take that damage. Um, you know, I don't really have, I don't, ha- I still, I don't have you guys' sheets. This won't be a problem for gatewalkers. It's just, I don't have your sheets to know like what everyone's alignment is. Um, but if I just say now, and it's X points of evil, if you're not good, then you don't take that damage. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did love the moment in the show, though. It's just one of my favorite things about our game and the way we play. <laughs> so you're like, what's your alignment? And he's like, uh, uh, neutral. <laughs> and you're just like, did you just write that on your sheet? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice try. Nice try. She's like, no, it was on my sheet when I initially sent it to you, a-hole. Uh, it was great. <laughs> in the game I'm writing, no alignments. <laughs> no <Still> alignments. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it doesn't matter, matter if you're good or bad. You're still going down. <laughs> um, and then lastly uh, from Eric is, oh, this was a good one. I really like this one because I, I didn't catch this rule. Uh, and I've been playing a lot. I should have caught it. Eris cast Guidance on herself twice in the combat. Guidance has a one-hour cooldown between uses on the same target. Did not know that. So uh, Guidance, fun fact, and that's a good one to know because it is often used uh, by pretty much, you know, any caster. It is It exists in every tradition of magic except except Arcane. So it's in Divine, Occult, and Primal. Um, so a lot of different classes use it. Uh, either way, the target is temporarily immune for one hour. I, I, just, I missed that in the, in the first time around. I think this this has come up in Blood of the Wild. So I have to, I have to make this clear in Blood of the Wild that this is a um, – a thing. Yeah. Oddly enough, last sentence of the spell. But I think yeah. it just comes from this feeling like, oh, I can spam my cantrips. That's the whole point of cantrips. I can use them all the time. Well, yeah. read the – when you read the whole spell, it makes it a little bit easier. But, I, you know, this is something that we just got to – we got to get in our, in our muscles. It's like when someone says, I'm casting X, I want everyone to look up that spell. Because yes. if we have seven brains looking at that, we're going we're gonna to catch it. You know what I mean? It shouldn't just be like the person looking it up. Maybe the GM, because I got a lot going on, and maybe one other conscientious person. We should all look up guidance because then honestly, the GM shouldn't even have to. It, it should just be the players that are like, because what what else are they doing? They're just sitting there. Exactly, they're not doing anything else. So yeah, look it up. And uh, yeah, two heads are better than one. Three heads are better than two. Right? If, if people are have their nose in the book for a second, somebody might catch something the other person didn't. Triple checking your work. Live. It's the only way you're going to learn. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the two Kuru book, and I want to take a drill and drill right through the middle of it. It's so fucking boring to read. But like doing it in play it, and and having these cannon fodders where we get to hammer these mistakes i mean this is how you learn you learn at the table absolutely and that brings me to my last we are stupid which is not rules related Uh, i actually said something that is just completely wrong there was a miscommunication misunderstanding on air and i do want to clarify it which is skid referenced how it's played a fantastic youtube channel that has tutorials for 2e like very basic tutorials too advanced complex uh um uh concepts Mm -hmm. and it just sort of like narrows them down to like well anything from a seven to 15 minute video and it's just like today we're going to do crafting and they just like explain how crafting works in 2a today we're going to do uh cover and concealment and they just like go into this one detail and and explain it in a way that is 
you would you might benefit from if you are like me and sometimes read the rule book and are still confused after the end <laughs> of the paragraph and you still don't really know what you read. Uh, so Skid referenced how it's played, which he's been using to learn how to play the alchemist. And I said, oh, I love how it's played. Uh, the host is great. Rodney. That's it's not Rodney's show at all. Rodney's show <laughs> is Watch It Played, which is a channel I love for learning board games. So it is a completely different channel, uh, but both are great. How It's Played, go there to learn a little bit about 2E. Watch It Played, go there and see uh, our very own Paula Deming on there a lot, teaching how to play board games. Oh, cool. um, so yeah, I, I always use Watch It Played instead of rule books. So much faster and easier to learn how to play. And then How It's Played, uh, dig into that for your 2E tutorials i think they do a great job so you know i don't listen to actual plays i i don't listen to ours um and i certainly don't listen to ones that we don't produce um i say i don't listen to ours i do for producerial reasons but like i don't like oh, i can't wait till the next episode of zibbity bobbity do comes out like i i got a lot going on but uh, you're telling me you're not tuning into alien tomorrow <laughs> no i will not be listening to Alien. Uh, i don't have a twitch subscription um <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why my Patreon subscription doesn't cover Twitch. <laughs> so no, I will not be tuning in. Um, <clears throat> but I, uh, while I was going back and forth to the hospital a hundred times and uh, uh, just any time now that I, I have any time in the car when I'm alone, I've been listening to uh, some other actual plays. One in particular, because I'm trying to uh, learn a game honestly and like i'm reading the book and i'm like i want to see how it plays in action um and it's really interesting i don't want to say what it is or what it's about or anything like that um but it's just really interesting to listen to uh other people do it i have been refreshing myself on alien mechanics and alien rules by listening to our old alien game Mm. And it's been really helpful because we made a lot of mistakes. We corrected mistakes live on air. In some cases, we corrected mistakes the next episode, like we are stupid. Um, we walk through the mechanics. We pause to look things up in the rule book while we do it. And I'm able to get other shit done that I have to get done in my life. And I'm still making progress on relearning the alien system. So it, it's actually been helpful. And since it was two years ago now, it's been two full years I didn't remember any of it. Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I remember broad strokes of our story that we told, but like, I didn't remember the moment to moment. Uh, and it was really good. Anybody who hasn't had a chance to listen or watch on YouTube, please go check out Alien. Uh, cause it was great. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, I'm very, it's very interesting to see because it's, it's made me, uh, just kind of interested in like what other people are doing. Cause I really don't, I'm, I, I blinders on. I'm just going to work, but, uh, it just makes me realize more and more how what we're about to do with gatewalkers. Is going to, uh, I think it's going to uh, set in motion a new wave in uh, the way actual plays are done. You watch, you mark my words, uh, because there's no one doing it like this, and you're going to see, uh, you know, for lack of a, a less pejorative term, copycats come after uh, what we're about to do. If we can pull it off. Oh, we'll pull it up. It may right. not launch till August, but we'll pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave him. Well, leave them scared. That's what they always say. <laughs> leave them scared. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week on the FOD. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week, and we will see you tomorrow with Alien, and then tomorrow night, Strange Aeons returns live 8 p.m. Eastern on Glass Cannon, uh, twitch.tv slash the Glass Cannon. Uh, until next time, have a great week, everybody. Game on! Nice to see you, Joe. Bye, Troy. 
Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.